0: Get your Chicago typewriter ready! It's Capone on Amigos, episode
1: 338.
0: Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Capone. Mm. Aaron, what is it about the mob that holds such a fascination over over us as a collective society
1: well you know you got two there's two sort of separate mob gimmicks right you've got your like your classic caponish godfathery era the right. 30s right mm-hmm. that era and then you've got that more modern uh like cas- well casino was but more like sopranos mm-hmm. that era where you've got the more modern day kind of uh, you know like you know new jersey triangle era guys what the, I guess the appeal is listen, you, the mob had good looking suits, mm-hmm. right? They had all the hot chicks, right? They had all the, the wad. And if anybody got in their way, they'd dust these suckers. They'd give them concrete galoshes, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. dump them in the bay. Mm-hmm. You had all the power, you know? And so you could, and the power over life and death, you had it all. You know, but it's a risky game and that's you, what's
0: appealing to do you to find me. yourself attracted to the, the mobster, not necessarily the lifestyle, but just you know when you when that that sort of story
1: uh you know it's funny. Like not really, but when I get into it, like for example, everyone knows like the Godfather movies, mm-hmm. right? They're like the most famous couple movies there are, right? I didn't see those until you know in after two thousand. They came out in the seventies, really? yeah. I just never was that interested, and also they're long, and I was like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if I'm going to get into them. And then, of course, I watched them. Like, holy crap, these are these are gold. Mm-hmm. They're they're gold. And then I and then I got into other stuff like uh, uh, casinos, one of my favorite flicks, and Goodfellas and, and whatnot. Uh, so I got into them. It took a while, but like most mob stuff, I'm not into the same thing with Sopranos when it originally aired. I wasn't into it that much. I didn't watch it. But then slowly, I started hearing stuff about it that sounded appealing, and finally, ultimately, I sat down and watched, it, and I really enjoyed it. Is it my favorite movie of all the time? No, but I got into it. It is it's a fascinating tale because to play the game of a mobster, it's sort of like being a pro wrestler. There's kayfabe. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're living your life on the sly, but then there's crap going on the, on, on the side that that you have Nobody to take care of. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's sort of appealing. What about you? You know, as you know, I abhor most forms of violence. I'm guessing um, you've never seen any of the things I mentioned. I ha- I have seen The
0: Godfather. No. I have seen the first wow, one. Wow, that was pretty violent, too. It bro. is pretty yeah. violent. I-, I would not watch it again. Yeah. But I will admit that there is, it's not an appeal, but there's a fascination there. There's a fascination of a whole sort of subculture. Yeah. Uh the fascinating the rules of the classic mob about becoming a made man yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Uh and like you said, it's the style, you know, it's the money, it's the power the way that they controlled things like, you know, not just the, everybody knows they controlled like the bootlegging trade, but they had their hands in all kinds of things, you know, yeah. so yeah, the early Vegas and all that stuff.
1: They shot the guy through the eye when he was oh, on man. the massage table. Yeah. The, the, the worst that you haven't seen casino and oh, casino is a great sorry. flick. And part of the reason that's fun is because you get to see what um you get a sort of a behind the, I mean, you think the mob runs a casino. All right. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, You know that's standard tape. Well, but it's a it's sort of a a, an amorphous sort of storyline. Like, how does that work? Well, you actually get to see what they do, how they get the money, and how they run the casino and what they're trying to accomplish. Because you can't just go in and fleece people. Mm -hmm. You got to make them want to come back. There's a very famous scene where the guy running the casino for the mob yells at his cook because his blueberry muffin had tons of blueberries in it, and the guy beside him didn't have hardly any. Mm -hmm. He's like, "I want the exact amount of blueberries in every muffin, right?" That seems. By the way, that happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Why did he do that? Because he wanted the experience to get over. So you'll come back, and the mob can take more of your money. Mm-hmm. You know, on the flip side of that, there's also the scenes like there's a scene where they put a guy's head in the vice, mm-hmm. or they catch this guy cheating the cards, and they take a hammer and break his hand. You know, so there. It's a mixed bag. Uh, the mob is. It's always a tight wire act, and you're also the one of the things that makes them fun to watch is the fact that. The people in the mob aren't necessarily the smartest guys. They're, they're not the most level-headed guys. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're geniuses, mm-hmm. but they make all these mistakes because they get into a... They're messing around with somebody's woman they shouldn't be, or they're really into drugs mm-hmm. or whatever. And so the mob story is about a flawed criminal that has ultimate power, but doesn't have it for long. Yeah, which
0: is the ingredients for a great story. Yeah, which absolutely. Which is why we keep telling them. So
1: we'll get more into
0: the mob and Capone. As we start to talk about the game, but for now, Aaron, why don't we take a look at this week's Amiga news, Mm. shall we? Amiga news. Now, Aaron, our first news story is a little Amiga unboxing. Oh man,
1: this is news!
0: So we got a package here. And this came from across the pond, mm, as it were. No easy task these okay. days, by the way. Trust me. The note says, "Dear John, boot of Since you wouldn't accept money for Hillsfar, I felt I had to pay you back in some way." Enjoy Amiga Adam's Family, which, unlike the Atari ST version, has no backgrounds. Dave uh, sliding the Amiga version of the Adams Family. <laughs> Included are some traditional Scottish snacks, which you should share with the other amigos. Aaron is expecting it, since I had to ask him for your address. Thanks again for Hills Far and Enjoy the snack. So a couple months ago, I sent Dave a D uh computer game that yeah, he won on. That me, game Dave. stinks too, but it's no good. Uh, Show him the picture. Yeah. So Dave has sent this picture. I don't know if you can see that or not, but there's a picture of a velociraptor yeah. at the bottom of the message there. So that's his trademark
1: boat. It is. That's he's why got he's... that tattooed on his honey, I believe. Ooh, that's ooh. what I think.
0: How did you how did you discover well, that?
1: It's a fancy of mine. Let's not get into it.
0: Um, so I'm gonna unwrap this now. And by unwrap it, I mean violently <laughs> tear it asunder. Yeah.
1: You're um, not good at delicate things.
0: No. So look at this: the oh, Adams family for the Amiga.
1: Your dream has come true. Okay.
0: Now after the show tonight, Aaron, we're going to sample I see that box top. Uh, there absolutely. The the uh, RRP thirty.
1: Which is this is twenty five ninety. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that, everybody! Isn't that nice?
0: So, in addition to the Amiga, we also have some some goodies. And after the show tonight, we're going to be uh taste testing these goodies. Exactly. So
1: At the after party we eat Scottish shortbread? Yeah, so
0: if you're watching, if you're Oh man, it, is that some
1: sort of fudge?
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff here. We're gonna have a good, good job, time. Dave. So stay tuned after amigos if you're watching live. We will uh eat these and you can watch us eat them. That's it. That's way better that than right. what
1: originally came in the box. Yeah. Now I think
0: that there might actually be the amiga disc in here. And there is. There is, there's both the amiga disc and the uh the uh, the instruction manual, instruction manual, maximum cheapness on the part of Ocean is there's no color at all. It's just oh, I wouldn't say. I no. think that's in the uh,
1: that must be. Is there some sort of of uh, a gimmick where they don't want you to photocopy it, yeah, that stick?
0: Maybe it's that stick. So
1: maybe you have to some uh, we, there's copy some protection copy protection. There,
0: yeah. But yeah, there's the there's the Amiga disc. So I'm gonna try and pop this bad boy into the Amiga 1000 when I get home.
1: That should be hilarious. And
0: uh, we'll see we'll see if it'll load up. See I don't, if,
1: it, if it says it'll run on it, uh, no. no. Oh, yeah, A1000. Oh, okay, Very right good. There you go. So, all right.
0: Thank you, Dave. Good Appreciate job, Dave. It. Now let's move on with the rest of the news. Aaron, hey, it's a
1: good thing I made that scene with no train. That's it, right.
0: Man. So, uh, Aaron, our first story comes from oh, Kim man. Justice. Yes. Now, Kim unloaded two videos in rapid yes. succession yes, within did. the recent weeks, and they both focused on the uh, British game studio core design. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Core Design is probably most famous for their more modern Tomb Raider titles, but of course, they have a rich history of sixteen-bit uh, development. Yeah, they do. Aaron, you've watched these videos. I watched by this Kim. one
1: right the day it came out. Yeah, sure and uh, what are your thoughts on her view of Core Designs as a developer? Well, she she put over Core, mm-hmm. and listen, Core is that was a big studio, all right, and of course, they went on to do uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, in the uh, in in post Amiga world, of course, they were a pretty big deal in the Amiga. They released a lot of stuff, and it's a great documentary. Uh, it goes into the what I liked about it. Of course, all her stuff like this, where she goes into the stuff that uh, corporate stuff. Why the, Why did they? Did they? How did they form? How did they break up? How? What happened? The core ultimately. How did they come? At the, you know, they were sort of had several different, uh, you know, different uh, angles to it, which I liked. She also went into some of the key points uh, in their history, especially a lot of the pre-Tomb Raider stuff, because Kim has a separate two-hour documentary just on Tomb Raider. I don't know if you ever seen it, but it's quite good. And it's a nice companion piece for this. There's actually two companion pieces. We'll get the other one here in a minute. Um, She uh, put over some games that I don't like, I will say that, including, in fact, she puts over as one of the all-time great core games, Switchblade. Which we both hated, yeah, and I continue to hate. Yeah, I even gave it another chance to make sure I wasn't wrong, and I'm not. It's garbage. It's no good. But it's, she it's, loved it. It's difficult to find redeeming features in yeah. Switchblade. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, she loved it. She also liked the game. She really pumped up a game called Premiere. Now you haven't played. Well, I mean, unless you played it without me. No. Me and Brent, Brent picked it for one of the things we did on uh, ARG, and I didn't like it either. It had. It was a, uh, a platformer that had that. Uh, had the same elements in it that Fatal Fury does, where you move into the foreground and the background. Okay, and no good. Mm. It was a, it was a. I mean, listen, I guess they were trying to be innovative. I thought it was a dud. Now Brent actually thought it was. Brent pulled one of your tricks and said this is one of the premier platform games on the Amiga. I disagree, humbly. <laughs> uh, but uh, 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 Kim loved it, so your mileage may vary. And one of these days, maybe we'll tackle it on here. Uh, but I really, I think this is a good video. I enjoyed it. And if you want to learn a lot about core, this is the this is where to go. Uh, and I guess we're going to get into the companion piece. Of this boat, I'm sure that's on in your news as well. Well, the the companion piece I
0: didn't link to.
1: Okay, well, but,
0: the, but she she's released another video yeah. uh, that go into her. I believe it's her
1: top twenty. It actually, core is, yeah, games. it's it's her non. It's the top non uh, non Tomb Raider core games here, and the uh, it's a, funny to me because. The uh, two of the games I just mentioned did very well in the list, uh, Switchblade and uh, Premiere. I don't want to spoil the list, but it's another video worth watching because there's a lot of pr- stuff from Core that you probably never heard of. You know, they, they she spends a lot of time talking about Chuck
0: Rock. She, yeah. And, man, you, you zoom in on that Chuck Rock picture on the, 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 the box. Yeah. He's got that nasty stubble. Yeah. He's very
1: unattractive. And, remember, we covered Son of Chuck. Right. Which I love. Exponentially more mm-hmm. than Chuck Rock. Now, again, that's not what everyone got on with. And a lot of people like Chuck Rock, and Chuck Rock appeared on everything, if mm-hmm. you'll recall. Yeah. But I like Son of Chuck a lot more. Mm-hmm. Was Son of Chuck BC kid? No. But it was still fun. Mm-hmm. And it looked good. It had some real attractive. That waterfall level yeah. was real mm-hmm. nice. So I kind of dug it. Uh, but, uh, you know, not everyone does. So anyway, if you're into uh, some uh, British game
0: design history and you want to find out about the history of core, you can do a lot worse than checking out
1: both of these videos from Kim Oh, Glasses. yeah. Anytime she does a doc, you need it's to go gold. watch. Also, yeah. all her wrestling stuff good, too. Yeah.
0: All right, Aaron, coming up is a story from our buddy Neil over at Indiretronews.com.
1: Oh, man. This I haven't seen.
0: This is a new shooter game for the Amiga, and it's called uh, Cyberpunk Alien City. It's a game that does what it says on the 10, Aaron. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting... What does it say on the 10? It says Cyberpunk Alien so, City. So did
1: Switchblade. And it didn't have
0: any of that in there. That's not a game that does what oh. it says on the 10. So this is a real interesting game because the I've never really seen a game that has this kind of mechanic. First of all, this is beautiful. It's a beautiful game. This is a game that you oh. traverse an alien city, right. and it's fully animated. The background is fully animated. It's very Blade Runner esque, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, it's different. It's very stylized. I mean, it looks good. It's not what I would call the sharpest thing, but it's that it, you can see what they're going. It's an art style here. I like that. It. It it's got it, parallax in it. Yeah, so this is, a, if you can imagine, oh, like a, a, a
0: pixelated uh, Blade Runner uh, background that's that's a lot, a lot of parallax, a lot of neon, and then the enemies come down from above. And it's, it's sort of, it kind of reminds me of your guy from Pang, to be honest with you, because you spend a lot of time facing away
1: from the camera and shooting yeah. straight up. It's sort of like remedial Turrican. You know where you sort of. I wouldn't of, call it that. That fighting. Well, like no, no, I mean in terms of your the shooting dynamic, not yeah, the game. Yeah, you yeah. Know how in and you've got more, but this has you're right. This is more panging. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of you, you turn and face the threat above you, right. And you shoot straight up, and you can also right. shoot diagonally when you're moving. This
0: actually, because of the graphic, I love the graphic style of this game. I love pixel art. Kind of it, it has a a very sort of like um oh what was that game for the Xbox 360 that everybody loved. That was done they made a movie about the development of the game do you know what i'm talking about aaron oh yeah I, the one where you run up another tower you're, yeah you're a little you're a little nah, white character somebody it, yeah. in chat will tell me yeah, tell yeah. I, I know exactly but what you're talking about though. it's got that it's got that same kind of pixel art like nouveau pixel yeah. art style it's the yeah the, the modern take on the pixel right. Art. Yeah, right yeah 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 so anyway uh alien i'm gonna make sure i get the name right this is uh cyberpunk alien city it's just now being demoed right now. It's it's currently in development, but it check it out. really really looking well along. Too, I'm, really
1: looking forward to, uh, I'm really looking forward to checking this out. It looks like out. it's going to have uh, different weapons. It's going to have a uh, uh, money. So I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of store element to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cool. So, yeah, they, this might be something. Hey, listen, that's a different style of gameplay than you normally would see. Thank you, Mitsuyama. Fez. Fez, Fez that's is, is what Did I'm talking Did you ever play about. that, by I the way? I beat it i i loved that game it was i've got it i've never played it i downloaded it on steam one time i never actually
0: got to play it. yeah that that was probably the only game on the 360 i ever completed oh man so aaron our final news story today is a release and this also comes to us from indie retro news a new uh amiga music disc remember the old music disc aaron i do so uh the the music disc is alive and well this is a uh, a title known as cheesy listening Hopefully clever I'll name like, yeah, clever I'll name I'll like it, man so this has been released by the group Alcatraz Rebels and Offense uh, and this is a uh, it contains it looks like about a dozen or so tracks on here um and uh you know if you want to listen to some new tunes on your amiga this is what you need to get it looks like it is uh it is free to download you can download it from the old pouet.net that french website that we go to from time to time uh, so, i may check this thing out and see, see what kind of tunes are on here. Of course, you could just watch the YouTube video if you want to cheat, but who
1: wants to do that? You need to play this on the real thing, man. And la- it, actually, the little interface they put together here is cute, and it looks it's so attractive. You know, I like it. It looks good. Now, the, now we'll see if the tunes are any good. Yeah, yeah. So, that's going to do it for this week's Amiga News, Aaron. Yeah, that looks good. I like that boat.
0: Uh, it's time to take a deep dive into the world of Retro Rewind. Oh, yes. Now, Aaron... We talk about Retro Rewind quite often. Yeah. You know, there's something about having a repair service, a parts supplier, and a ladybug crawling up the back of your neck all They at all the run same hand time. in hand. Yeah, they all run hand in hand. Um, for a long time, we were sort of out of the loop when it came to having a broken Amiga. You didn't know where to send it. You could send it to someplace in Europe but you were kind of taking your life in your own hands when you were doing it. Because not only did you have to negotiate the nefarious shipping charges to get it over there, but once it was over there, some of these outfits, you know, I'm not saying they're all untrustworthy, but we finally have someplace right here in North America where we can send our stuff and we know it's
1: going into good hands. Don't you agree? You know, the funny thing is, Boat, uh, we 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 would send our Amigas up to Canada to get repaired to our good friend Jason, who now works for the outfit that, that that's we're talking right. about now. That's right. So we have doubled our tr- – we have got everything we need in one spot, and that's at regimentrewind.ca. Listen, repairs are tough, you know, trust me. And so why why bother? Send somebody to know what they're doing. they got the equipment that you don't have to take care of the business that you don't have time to take care of anyway, and do it at a cost that makes it uh, easier than doing it yourself. Right. On top of everything else, Frank has a, uh, a luxurious inventory, you've got a commodore 16 commodore 64 a commodore 128 any of the line of amigas they'll all uh, be taken care of from frank he's got all sorts of parts upgrades you need multi carts. you need uh roms to do your own thing do you need interfaces ide uh to cf boards He's got it all. Do you have a Coco? He's got that too. He's got you covered there. You need an SDC? He's got them in stock right now. Order them immediately. You're good to go. Are you looking to get into the Buffy? Listen, he just previewed the Buffy on the last International International Computer Club. It's ready to rock and roll. They're getting those things going. Get on there now. Sign up. Get that thing sent to you. Uh, He will take care of your business. Plus, you know it's coming from someone that's reputable. If there's a problem, he will fix it. I've been there sitting with him. When someone had something they need to take care of, and they took care of business, he did it right there on the fly. There's no messing around. Uh, Frank's a good, trustworthy guy, and these guys take care of you straight away. Uh, Retro Rewind, your one-stop shop for all your Commodore and Coco needs. And make sure when you visit Retro Rewind and you decide
0: what you want to buy, use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. You can save 10% off any order. We thank Retro Rewind for being an official sponsor of the Amigos. Absolutely. Now, Aaron, we're going to roll on to Capone. And as you give us the background, I'm going to hurriedly plug in my laptop so it does not run out of juice and I lose the Patreon name. So give us the rundown on on Capone, (laughs) Aaron.
1: Live video. You got to love it, Boat. So listen. Capone, right? Al Capone, to be more precise. That's the game we're going to be looking at this week is Capone, uh, released on the Amiga in 1988. Uh, this was a game that was published by an outfit called Actionware, which we'll get into. Uh, the concept for Actionware's Capone was came up with by a guy named Richard Perry. And I want to talk about Richard Perry before we get too deeply into this. This is a
0: lead singer of Journey. Right? Well,
1: he no. What? No, he wasn't the lead singer of Journey. Are you kidding me? No. So, you know, in every box of a video game that Actuary puts out, there's a little note in there, in the manual. And this was from Richard Perry. I want to read it because it's kind of cute. It says, Hi, I must confess that computer games never really interested me. I just couldn't get into a duel scene in which I was supposed to be fighting a black knight in medieval times, swinging a sword, when I was actually moving a mouse around the table. He goes on to say that one day I took my son to the local arcade for his birthday and I found a whole new way of playing computer games. I found myself really getting the shooting down planes and tanks as they whizzed across the screen. I felt like I was really there. The sound of gunshots and explosions gave me a sense of power. The Amiga, which was originally designed to be the ultimate killer game machine, was the place to develop a whole new home entertainment form. And that's what he did when he started this company. Uh, the fellow that started this, of course, as I just mentioned, uh, he, the fellow that started Actionware was, in fact, uh, Richard Perry. Now, get this boaster. Uh, Actionware uh, was based uh, here in the USA, for starters, uh, which is not something you see every day. And they uh, they were uh, they, their claim to fame was that they had a system to let you use light guns on the Amiga, light phasers. Now, uh, if you try to look up buying a light gun for the Amiga, good luck, okay? Because the, what these guys did when they sold their light guns, they were modified guns from other places. Uh, I have heard three different stories. I've heard that they modified Nintendo Zapper guns for the Amiga, which I've never seen that substantiated. I can't believe that. That's, what, I, that's what I've read. I've also personally read that they also uh, modified Sega phasers and okay, that's the Atari uh, the Atari uh, light guns right, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. These are probably more likely, but the the you know a lot of things with the internet, it just got the Nintendo face they got passed on everywhere. But I have no, I've never seen any visual proof that that's what they did. So these guys sold light guns and exclusively. Developed games for light guns on the Amiga. They had four titles that supported the light guns.
0: What do you think about putting your, your, what you, I mean, we see this a lot in the early Amiga scene. Yeah. Actionware, cinemaware.
1: Do yeah. you like that naming convention? Well, for this, I listen, they're, they were going to for a, uh, they were going for an angle because their, their logo appears prominently in all their stuff. And mm-hmm. in this game, it comes right up, big, huge letters. Right. So they were going for; they wanted to let you know that you're in. This isn't strategy, or this is action, action software. So I can, I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, I wonder. You know, I mentioned these guys were out of uh, the USA. To be more specific, uh, uh, Batavia, B- was it Batavia, Batavia, Illinois? Oh, you, you know what? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I've heard of Batavia, Illinois. Okay, why? That's where all of all these operations come from. So I'm a big Aldi shopper.
1: Oh, Aldi. And, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said saying all these with a no, dumb no, no, accent. Aldi, yeah, I got Aldi. you.
0: So uh, yeah, all of the uh, packaging, manufacturing, and distribution of all these goods comes from Batavia,
1: Illinois. Yeah. maybe after Actionware closed down, they made Aldi. Well, no, that's not. Although this guy did shut it down, so they he figured out a way to do this with the light guns. And there's there I mentioned there you've got your phasers, and there's another gun that looks like a almost like a, 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 a an old west like a six shooter type mm-hmm. gun that was out for the Amiga, and then. I have heard, and I just saw Amiga K post this that the XEGS gun will work with the Amiga without any modifications. Hmm. Which I've got one of those. We should try that.
0: Now, did you? I did see that there was a way that you could actually hook up. They made an interface where you could do double. You double can hook duty. up.
1: Well, you could hook up two guns to have two players simultaneous, and the game supported this. But this required a special adapter, and it did not work on the Amiga One Thousand. You can uh, only have one. gun. Unfortunate. I looked. I, uh, that was something that was in the manual. I, I went ahead and read the manual. So. Uh, this company, I, I mentioned, they only put out gun games. They released get, the game Creature, the game POW, and the game Sideshow. Now they did uh, publish another game, which was called Prison by Crystallis, but that was not—they didn't develop that one. Uh, and so this is the only; these four games are the only ones they developed. I want to talk about who worked at Actionware real quick because it's kind of funny. Because I looked, I saw one name I recognized instantly. So. It, I mentioned – go ahead, I'm sorry. It's funny
0: that you mentioned Crystalis because uh, I believe that when there was the first exodus from Core Designs, I think some of those guys branched off and made Crystalis. I, I think
1: you're right, actually. So, the again, I mentioned Richard Perry was the guy behind the company. Uh, the coder for this game was Pierre uh, Maloca. Uh, he worked on all the games that they produced. Uh, the graphics were done by a guy named Brian Williams, who also – he did POW and he did New York Warriors. Remember that oh, one yeah. that we covered? And now here's the one I really want to talk about, Dana M. uh, Dominiak. Now, we've talked about her before, and the reason I remembered her, because aside from Art of Go and Creature, she worked on Oh. But the reason I remembered her, there were two reasons. One, I wasn't sure if it was a her or a him. Mm -hmm. I saw a picture. It's a her. And she also worked on Sex Vixens from Space. Really? Because I remember when me and did Designosaurus, I thought to myself, what an odd thing that this chick went from working on the source to sex vixens from space. He's playing both sides of the she, card. She absolutely yeah. was. Uh, when this was released, it was released at a cost, in the UK anyway, of 30 pounds. And I saw many of the reviews mention they thought this was way too pricey. <laughs> this did not come with the gun, mind you. Right, right. Uh, and since this was 1988... I don't know what they were expecting. Maybe that was more than they would use it. But I saw—I read three reviews, and two of them mentioned how it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been droning. Well, talk about the game proper, Bo. I, I can tell
0: you this: that thirty thirty pounds was the price of a NES game in the in the in the mid eighties when it was released. So I can understand why people would might cringe at the at the price of this on the media. So you know, I, I did a little. Uh, I had a feeling after I played this game that we might need some extra content to flesh this <laughs>
1: out. What are you saying? Is that enough here? So I,
0: I looked into the life of Al Capone and by look into the life I watched I uh, remember the biography series on A and E. Absolutely. You know, people tend to forget about those, but those were pretty well done. They give you a lot of yeah, information in they about were good. an hour. They were good. And I watched the one on Al Capone. Yeah. Okay. So it turns out that Al Capone was not a very good person. No. I know this is a shocker. No, he was not. What I discovered was, is that he was sort of the ultimate guy in in, in, talking about, you know, having an ego. He wanted everybody to think that he was, you know, Mr. Uh, Pillar of the community. He opened up soup kitchens. He put on benefit concerts. He did all this stuff. All right. But it turns out that he was also involved in not only bootlegging, but also an extensive prostitution business. Yeah. Uh, All kinds of just really bad stuff. And, And he also had a habit. Of of doing deeds that were so vile and graphic that he even made other mobsters uneasy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he was
1: a violent, so- socially degenerate freak. Yeah. yeah.
0: But what's interesting is that he did not meet his end in the normal gangster no, way. No. No. Yeah. No, he did not. Yeah. He actually he was released from prison and his mind slowly was eaten away by uh, syphilis. Yeah. And he ended up dying in his, his 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 home in Florida.
1: So I believe he caught syphilis in. Uh, Alcatraz. Really? He was one of the... Uh, yeah, Capone actually served his time for tax evasion mm-hmm. in Alcatraz. He was one of the uh, guys that lived in Alcatraz. You're not familiar with Alcatraz. It's pretty famous in America. I don't know. Is it world famous? I think? think it probably is. I mean, The it's, Rock. It's in San Francisco in the in the bay there. And it's just... It's on the little island. It's mm-hmm. the prison. It's long since the funk now, but now it's a tourist right. thing. It also got taken over by Native Americans in, mm-hmm. the, like it was the, in the 70s, 70s yeah. uh, to uh, protest... White man's uh, not honoring, which we didn't. We hosed them. Mm -hmm. They had a valid point. Yeah. Of course, you ran them out of there anyway. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But Al Capone, not a nice guy. Violent man. He rose up through the ranks just like you you Mm -hmm. would. Uh, And if it wasn't for the IRS, he would still be running amok today.
0: Yeah. I mean, probably not today. But, you know, every, every time he would shoot some suckers, Everybody that was there would claim that they didn't see nothing because they were all terrified of him. Yeah. He he ran all the local police precincts. And like I said, it, it wasn't Elliot Ness and the Untouchables that shut him down, despite what you might have seen in the movies. It was the IRS. It was the tax men that brought him in. So.
1: The funny thing about this game, Capone, is that Capone's got nothing to do with this game. I guess if you read the docs, he does. But basically, this game is called Capone, but there's no boss fight with Capone. No. There's no Capone, or like cut scenes with there's Capone. There's no working your way up through the criminal underworld no, to get to Capone. There's no, there's no nothing with Capone. So I guess we should just get into the gameplay prop. You want to talk about the gameplay a little yeah. bit?
0: So what this game is, is it is a shooting gallery, a uh, horizontally scrolling shooting gallery game in which you traverse various locations throughout Chicago, uh, where uh, you have enemy, you, you're, the, the, the streets are populated by enemy agents, other mobsters that are out to get you, and many innocent civilians, including old women that rise from their wave, rise from the, uh, from the windows, Kids on skateboards. I'm almost positive the skateboard was not a thing in the 20s, but it's, it's you, here in the game. Did you read the docs for this yes, all? Yes,
1: yes. So, so the backstory is that I believe you're an undercover – you were you were an undercover policeman, but they found you out. Right. And so they've mobilized the entire mob to kill you. Yes. That's the,
0: that's the plot. Yes. Not a good plot. Now, if you can imagine the point of view of the player in this game, imagine if you were on a very slow-moving tram, moving through the center of the city. The, yeah. trim, the tram goes around maybe, I don't know, 0.1 miles per hour. Yeah, and occasionally okay. stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what your job is, is to shoot everything that moves, unless it's an innocent bystander or animal. Yeah. Um. And uh, that's basically the game. You can shoot. Oh, well, you've got to shoot dynamite. Some. You know, there's there's a lot of dynamite in Chicago. That's one thing I've learned well, from this game. That's true. And yeah. people are just carrying it around. The sticks of dynamite. And just and when they die, it just falls out. Yeah, it just falls out. So you got to shoot the sticks of dynamite. You got to shoot various forms of TNT. And you TNT. Move, you move throughout
1: the city. That's the game. That's Capone. Yeah. You. I mean, listen. You've got—there are five—you're not going to believe this, Bo, but I wrote them down. There are five distinct scenarios or scenes in this, okay? Now, you're probably asking, because I know you played this. You're probably thinking to yourself, what are they? It doesn't feel like there's that many. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go over them. I'm going to. You've got a scene that you start off with where you're going down the street. That's the first scene. Mm-hmm. Second ste- scene is you're in front of a, a like a, a warehouse, okay? Okay. You fight guys there. That doesn't move. Third scene, you go in the warehouse and fight a guy, and it's a warehouse full of dynamite. (laughs) Everything about this seems like the worst idea ever, but that's what just—that's the third scene. The fourth scene, you're outside the warehouse again and slowly moving down the street again. Okay. The fifth scene is you're in a bank trying to foil a mob heist. Okay. And then the game loops. Okay. The game has three difficulty levels. Uh, and it also has uh, the option for one player, two players, or two guns. Okay? And we sort of explained this earlier. So, in terms of the the different skill levels, you've got cadet, rookie, and captain. The differences between the three are, uh, the higher up the scale you go, the more non-combatants that are involved in combat, and it goes, and it, it guys shoot faster and appear Every, faster. A, yeah, everything speeds up. Right, so... Uh, there's that. Now, in terms of the of one-player, two-player, two guns, if you have one gun, you can have two players with one gun. You'll it's, it's hot seat. One guy plays, and you give the gun to your buddy, he plays. If you've got their special adapter, and you have two guns, and you don't have an Amiga 1000, uh, then you can have two players with guns at the same time. But you
0: can't have two players with two guns apiece. Right.
1: Now, if you have a mouse and no guns, It's either hot seat or one player. There's not two mice at Mm. once. They won't let you do that. Uh, If you're playing this with the mouse, you just get the little crosshairs on the screen. You know, if I'd known about the XEGS, I've got one of those guns. I wish I'd hooked it up. But I did listen to some reviews and read some stuff about people that have played this with the gun. They say the gun is infinitely harder than the mouse. And the mouse uh, got pretty hard. How far did you get in this? I guess I
0: was not able to complete the first stage. Really? On so you did level. horrible. Yes.
1: Well, I actually got to the bank. Wow! Uh, yeah. So you got all the way through the game. I got all the way through the. Well, yeah, and then and then it's loose. Did you cheat? No, I didn't cheat at all. Uh You, you can get there. It's it's not. I couldn't. I, it's it gets harder, but it's not. And this is on on cadet, right? right? I played on cadet too. Um, I did get there. Yes. Uh, the game starts off painfully slow and boring. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I was literally leaning on my shoulder. I was just like, ah, yeah. like it, like a goof. Uh, and then it, it ramps up. So let me, if I may, if you'll indulge me. I will indulge you. Here's the game. You've got mobsters in hats that will appear in windows or behind barrels. Okay? You shoot them. Occasionally, a mobster will walk down the street with a gun. You will shoot him. If you see dynamite, you shoot that, okay? Occasionally, a cat or a dog or a kid on a skateboard or a lady or a dude will either walk by or or the guy and the lady will appear in the window. You don't shoot them. And occasionally, you'll see a gun in the street. It's a machine gun. If you shoot that, it gives you machine gun ability. Okay, now I want to stop you right okay, there. Okay, go ahead. Because I, I knew sh- you were going to.
0: I shot the gun. Yeah. I did not feel myself giving getting machine gun well, abilities. Well, so
1: here's, it doesn't make a lick of difference. And I'll tell you why. This game is set up to where you've got a, a six bullets, okay, mm-hmm. on the screen, right? It's made so you can't rapid fire, mm-hmm. okay? You can rapid fire. It does. I mean, you'd have to go crazy yeah. eight bonkers right. to use all those bullets. And you, unlike a lot of more modern gun games, you don't have to reload mm-hmm. at any level. You don't have to hit the right mouse button or click off the screen or any of that stuff. The bullets just come back. Right. Okay. It kind of reminds me of the old stamina meter
0: in WrestleMania.
1: Well, yeah. It's very similar because it never goes away fully. Right. Like, it's almost impossible to run out of bullets and hear the clicky, clicky noise Mm -hmm. of the non-bullets. Above the bullet meter is a health meter. It's sort of like a gas gauge. The health meter sucks. It goes fast when you're getting shot. Well, here's the thing.
0: Once you once you start getting unloaded on, yeah. it's pretty much over. Yeah. I, I, so the idea of this game is that you really, which I mean, it's realistic. That's that's sort of the way real guns work. But the way that the health meter works is you've got a whole bunch of green and you've got a little bit of red. Yeah. But when you reach the end of the green, you die. You can't ever eat into the red. That's the end of the meter. So the meter is 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 not. It's not an ideal representation of your health.
1: Well, also, when you're getting machine guns, your meter drops so quickly that you might as well not have a meter. Right. It's real fast. Because right.
0: uh, all, all, uh, all of the guys, all the mobsters, they've all got Chicago typewriters.
1: Uh, aside from your health bar and your bullet bar, you've got a thing that tells you what, how many men you've got left and a score. This is one of the classic Dreamcatcher games where they've eaten up some of the screen with, uh, with a bar. It's not that bad. It's not that. Bad. Of course, but it's got. Anytime I see a game that has the logo on the screen, that's never a good yeah, sign. That's very true. And this that's is another true. one. So, uh, this game has bullet sounds. Uh, it has an opening jaunty tune.
0: Do you know do- do- the name do- of was that? Was that the
1: Entertainer?
0: It's the Maple Leaf Rag. The Maple
1: Leaf Rag. My bad. Same same author though, Scott Joplin. Uh, and so, uh, and and it's. I would say. Uh, it remind the opening tune was of the level of like a very well done Coco tune. Mm-hmm. It's not good. No. But for the Amiga standards. No. Now this was 1988. And I'm going to give some credit that it's still early in the Amiga game, but not that early.
0: It's three years in, man.
1: Yeah. And so the song, and that's the only time you hear it yeah. until you get killed. Uh, and so there's that. Um, the graphics are colorful. A lot of the reviews I read said the graphics of this thing were really good. In 88, these were probably pretty good. They did not age well. And to me, they were pretty remedial. Well, I don't know. I know I, how you I, love I, color. Here's Here. the thing. The
0: graphics are are not the problem with this game. You're, game. I mean, they're not the best, though, is my point. Because that was something that reviews all said were really good. If you're Well, for 1988, these were really good. The animation is what is poor. In this there game.
1: is no animation. Well, there is.
0: It's the, it's the old stick figure or it's the that's old, right. it's the old figure on a popsicle stick animation. Yeah. You know, you, you raise it up, you lower it down. That, that's all that's it's going a Hogan's
1: on alley. A yeah. more, well, a, no, it's not that good. It's not as good as Hogan's alley. It's like the, it's like up and down instead of spinning. Right. But yeah, it's, yeah. The, and the walking guys are slow and their gait, it's just not, it's not very well animated. None of the stuff's animated. It's very choppy. Mm-hmm. We're Let's cut to the chase. This stinks. Yeah. This game stinks. It's not fun. If you had a light gun, it still wouldn't be fun because it's the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And as you get into the later stages of the game, I can't imagine playing this with a light gun. It would be nigh impossible. It about killed me to get to the ending, and it, it took many tries to get to the bank scene with the mouse. Mm-hmm. I can't. And this is with a modern mouse, mind you. It's not with the old uh, ball mouse. Can you imagine that? Holy smokes! You've never been able to do it. Uh, it's a, a a weak effort, and you're talking about an era that was after luminary gun toys like uh, Exidy stuff with uh, crossbow, crossbow. That's that would have been a perfect. You could have used a mob scene with and used the same the gameplay of crossbow. Had him walk across the screen. If you're, let's say, you've got the age that he's detected. Have him walk across the screen. Have the police, you play the police that are protecting him from the mobsters. You could have ripped that right off. Here is
0: what makes a good light gun game a good light game game, you know that the only thing you're going to be doing is shooting. Okay, so you have to disguise the repetition of basically doing the same thing over and over again by making innovative things to shoot. Yeah. Okay? This game does not do that. No, it does not. And you can get away with a game like this in an arcade, something like Operation Wolf or something like that because it's a high score challenge. But when (laughs) you're at home, Nobody cares about the high score. The high score means much less. You need to you need to introduce things into the game that break up just the
1: shooting of the bad guys. Well, games. also a game like that is is a high speed affair where they're always even if you're seeing the same thing. First of all, there were way more villains in that right. than this has, and way more backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Operates Wolf way better. Oh yeah. Okay? yeah. This game meanders, mm-hmm. like you said, it's like a, a stroll down the street on a walker. Right. right? You're really going through slowly, and then. You see, they don't, there are no new bad guys. Mm. Nothing, it's the exact same thing. And the funny thing is, if you're, especially on the first level, you'll watch these guys slowly rise in the window. Listen, do these guys, have they been in car wrecks? You know what I'm saying? I've seen the Chud jump up out of the seat quicker than these guys. They are slow. It's like they're begging to die mm-hmm. in bushels and piles, mm-hmm. right? The only real trouble you get is when there's a bunch of them at once and guys on the street. When the dynamite comes into play, that causes you a little bit. But, I mean, it's none of it's well animated. It's just, again, this is a 1988 game. But it's not good. This is like public domain level well, of not good.
0: Well, this again, this is a game that probably sold a lot of copies on the box or on the on the pictures on the back of the screen. Because if you look, if you just take a still frame from this, be on the back of the box, be on the back yeah, of the box. I got you. If you take a still frame from this game, like right there, the scene that we're watching right now, mm-hmm. this looks so much better than any eight bit computer. You yeah, know, there's nothing on the C64, or the Atari 8. I don't know. Amiga I think the systems. C64 could pull this off. I don't I'm think not so. To you. I, think I don't think so. And maybe so, the,
1: maybe the Spectrum.
0: And so that pro- that was enough to sell, especially in 1988. I mean, Amiga. If you shelled out the cash for the Amiga, it had not hit its stride yet, and you were itching for any kind of gaming action you could yeah. get. So
1: the thing about this is, and I'm going to give a brownie points to this. This is a gun, a light gun game for the Amiga. There weren't tons of these. right. All right, now you own. The light gun setup for the Spectrum, Yeah. you played, did a video on mm-hmm. it. Okay, how did those games? I mean, I, I know graphically this is going to be different. How did they stack up, fun factor wise, to this? Well, the Spectrum
0: can't do this. The Spectrum physically can't pop things up on the screen at the at the speed that the Amiga can. But how were they as fun, more fun, or less fun than this? Well, to be honest with you, the thing that I remember playing most was a trivia game you used with the uh, with the gun. And a dart game you used with the.
1: So guy. what we're saying is early light game games that weren't, but didn't have O at the end of their title. Not so Nintendo's good. Nintendo's blah. Not so good. Not so good. Yeah. yeah. This was. Um, it's just there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. It's just a nothing happening game. Now, I looked on Lemon to I always like to read to, to people's comments on there. Many people had very fond memories of this game. Again, it's eighty eight you got to put yourself in that headspace. But I can tell you right now, uh, in 2022, it stinks. The fact that there are so – I was looking at guns, looking for light guns you could purchase or the adapters you could buy, right? There are so few guns that come up for auction and stuff that, like, it's an event when one comes up. I saw a guy had had one on sale for $2,000. It was a light gun. Uh, Which is ludicrous. Of course, the auction was gone. But I was reading on, like, uh, some of the message bases where they were like, oh, look what's up. You don't see these every day. And it'd be like them talking about this gun that had popped up in, like, 2002. Right. You know, so so think of how many people owned light guns. Right. So most people are going to be playing this with the mouse. And that takes away most of the appeal of a game like this. Now you do have a sendin light gun, right? I do have a. It's right over there. Mm-hmm. I do.
0: So would you be at all interested? Because this would be a perfect candidate for that sendin light gun, because the way that it uses the mouse technology to trace, you know, the you know, the I never thought of that. To be
1: honest with you, you know, I read that they're working on sending support for the Mister, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually hooked a up. If I'm honest. But we may – that might be something to try over at the, at the Taze Valley Classic Computer yeah, Club. Yeah, absolutely. I will bring it. All right. It's a good idea, Boat. Um So, in closing, don't recommend, won't play again. Well, that's not true. <laughs> we'll play again. And we'll probably play their other four games, too, if we're going to get the sending light exactly. gun up and running. Exactly. Um, did we get any – and I mean any Discord action. We did. On this. We, oh my God, I did. can't believe. Not it. a week goes by most of the
0: time when we don't get. God some bless Discord those long suffering people. Bro. So Lobsterminator leads the charge. He says, "I didn't remember the name, but when I launched the game, I realized I played it back in the day. A standard light gun game with nothing particularly unique. I liked the background art, but the sprites were lazily drawn and barely animated. Yes. They felt like cardboard targets. Yes." The difficulty ramped up sharply after the lowest difficulty and the items on the ground had very small hit areas, so this would be super hard with an actual light gun. I did have a, a bit of fun with it, so I will give it 5 out of 10. Pajaco 6502, writes, Having forgotten this game, I was happy to rediscover it. Sadly, my youthful reflexes had slowed and I ended up playing in cadet mode. Even then, it gets tough fast. Having only two enemy sprites make a repetitive game seem even more so even palette swaps would have helped here. Yes. Weirdly, they have a lot more civilian sprites, though. That is sort of weird. That is weird, yes. Yeah. Uh, What I would have done, if I could take a break from Pajaco's thing, is I would have consulted the old encyclopedia of Dick Tracy. Because nobody had more colorful, different-looking henchmen than the
1: comic books of Dick Tracy. Did you read those comics? No. Did you see the movie? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay. Madonna. Yeah. That movie movie sucked. I was scared by it. I'm not surprised. Because some of the characters, some of this bad guys, are. he's got a frightening road. I didn't flowery. like the
0: scene where they poured the concrete on the guy.
1: I never saw it, so I don't mm. know. But that sounds horrible.
0: Getting back to Pajaco's review, he says, more variety like the TNT Warehouse level would have been good. This level has is, was tense and fun. Playing with a mouse was too slow at times, and I remember wishing to play this with a light gun originally. Now I think the game would be more fun and easier with one. So it's interesting. Lobsterminator says the light gun would be making the game harder. Pajaco says easier. Yeah. Different, interesting difference of opinion. Pajaco concludes with Capone hasn't aged well, but for a quick no. pickup and play, it's okay. If you like frantic light gun shooters, then you can have some fun with this. Six out of ten.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad they enjoyed it. Is that all you got on those? That's all we got. So, I, believe it or not, I've grabbed hold of a couple here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lemon, the fine, fine folks over at Lemon, we, and we love Lemon. We did. Do. They give this a 5.64. That's, not good. Well, that's a 56% if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Ace reviewed this way back in December of 88, and they gave this somewhere in the ballpark of a 43% booster. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Amiga Computing. Looked at this in October of 88 and gave this a big 85%. So they liked it a lot more. And AUI, which I believe is out of Australia, if I'm not mistaken, Boatster, uh, gave this one 7 out of 10. Uh, so there you go. Now, I did find these on eBay, and I actually found a, a copy of this factory sealed in Pennsylvania. Really? So, Boat, get out your Boat checkbook and write me a check for $114.00. Or best offer. No, thank you. Hey, listen. What would you pay for a factory sold copy of this that could be here for Pennsylvania? What would you? What do you think it's worth? Well, I, you know, to be honest with you, I think the
0: artwork for this game is not bad. Yeah. You know, the box art is not bad. Yeah. So I would probably pay. I'd pay twenty bucks for it. Twenty bucks.
1: Mm-hmm. So you think you could might go for that? I don't think so. Yeah. If you're in the uh, UK, don't worry, you're not out of the loop. I found these going for one hundred and fourteen dollars or ninety nine dollars uh, now. I looked, and none have sold mm. anywhere, mm. anytime recently. So that there you go. Now, before we move away from Capone, this was actually released on two systems boat, as you'll recall. The glorious, glorious Amiga and the uh, ever-so-unglorious MS-DOS <laughs> machines. Now, the MS-DOS machines, from what I've read, got this game in uh, CGA... And EGA, if you're watching at home, That's definitely this, is the, this is the EGA rendition. I'd like to see the CGA version. I've myself. seen it. It's exactly <laughs> what you think it would look like. It cannot be unseen. The sound is uh, groin punch-like, mm-hmm. as you would imagine. Lots of beeps and bloops in there. And the bullets sound like uh, if somebody dropped a watermelon on a keyboard. Mm. You know, that, that noise. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so, But, uh, hey, listen, for EGA, I think it looks EGOK. Okay. Yeah, uh, But uh, it's not the best. So I will say, as bad as we thought Capone was, it could be worse. <laughs> it, could, it could be worse. That's and right. if we have to try this on DOS tomorrow night, that would be worse. Yes. But maybe we will. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we've got on Capone, Boat. I found this game offensive and stupid. Excellent.
0: All right, Aaron. <laughs> well, it's time to move on to what's been going on on the old YouTube channel oh, this Oh, man.
1: Week. What hasn't been going on over there, Boaster? So. We'll start off the gimmick here, as we often do uh, with myself and the Brent. Actually, I should probably talk, start off after the show went off the air last Friday, uh, Boat. That's when the Brent's Time to Shine came in. And he came over to this very spot, right where Boat's sitting, and we had us a game. Two games, actually. We played the board games, uh, Pac-Man and Berserk, right here at this very spot. We had full run-throughs of both games. And we did that on the Friday night uh, stream to get us primed for the show, which was board games based on video games. ARG presents from last Sunday. It was myself and the Brent. Uh, and uh, the topic was board games based on video games. And we played Pac-Man and Berserk. In fact, that's, we used our own footage both because it's not a whole lot of footage. of, like say Berserk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed both these games. Actually, I had a lot of fun with this uh, we had a lot of fun playing them. I, 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 and, I will say that this uh, just two days ago, I pulled out Pac-Man, the board game, and played it with the boy, and he got a kick out of it, too. He thought yeah. it was pretty – It didn't go crazy right. for it, but he thought it was pretty good. It's a lot of fun. If you're into uh, old video game-based board games, give them a shot. Both of them Milton Bradley and the classic Milton Bradley style, very colorful. Uh, and uh, you know and there's gimmicks in each you know Pac-Man you're gobbling up yeah. the actual marbles yeah. this one you're flinging your arms into the air and Berserk has a really cool cover Brent had this idea of going and printing out some of the covers of these put it like decorations sure, it's yeah. a good idea yeah. so anyway if you're into that uh check us out we you can watch our live stream on Twitch it's still there and if you want to watch the show uh it's up on our channel uh next on the docket here boatster uh we've got uh, a little thing here called Gregory Loses His Clock. Talk That's about right. this boat.
0: So this was uh, the latest edition of R. Sinclair. Our, That's our us. Our American take on the ZX Spectrum. And uh, we talk about a game coming to us from the uh, story development house that brought us Popeye, Trapdoor. It's the guy. That it's the guy. guy. Yeah. That guy. I think his name is Paul Richards, yeah. but I could be wrong about that. The
1: big sprite guy.
0: Yeah, the big sprite guy. So Gregory loses his clock is a, a somewhat uh, punishing uh, platforming adventure game. It is punishing. Now yeah. you mentioned it, uh, where you are a <laughs> uh, you are a character that loses everything, including his own body, and you slowly have to piece everything back together before you wake up <laughs> from your evil nightmare. I'd forgot about that opening where yeah. he's literally disassembled. Uh, yeah, his whole room. So, uh, if you are uh, interested in that kind of interesting uh, take on uh, platform adventuring that really found its home on the Spectrum and nowhere else. Yeah. There's really no no other systems that have that kind of a game. Uh, then, uh, check out check out R. Sinclair this week. I thought now, it was a pretty good episode.
1: Let's say this. We both enjoyed this game. Yeah. Of all the big, Spritey games from that guy, this is far and away my favorite. Ah, I is it perfect? No. But... It's like a, it's almost like a proper, like I've played. It's almost
0: like a real game. I know what you're. No, I'm
1: not gonna say that. I'm saying I really enjoyed it, and it looks great. By the way, Gregory's facial expressions are top shelf. They are. He's a great character. We see. We need more Gregory-style games, in my opinion. Both. Yeah. Uh, So that was yeah. Check that out. That was R. Sinclair, the most recent edition. Uh, Last on the docket uh, this week. Bam! It's our good buddy Frodo. And he's back with another one of his uh, ne- uh his looks <laughs> at the Looney Tunes game. These this is a third of four. Let's see how long he went this time, Boat. He's in the uh oh he he was only, he went a little over three hours this time. It's amazing how many of these he's found. This yeah. is the third of four, and they've all been three hour plus looks. You know, and I watched I watched some of this. I mean, he doesn't exactly he's not taking 10 years to play in. He goes through them pretty quick. Now you know, there's a character you don't ever see anymore, Speedy no. Gonzalez. I think that
0: Speedy Gonzalez's days are are, are over. You know, I terms.
1: loved him as a kid. Mm. Yep. I thought he was great because I because he was real fast. Right. And I wasn't fast, and I remember going around the schoolyard and I would be speaking, I'd be speaking like him, yeah, trying to be cool. It didn't make me faster. On andale, delay, on delay. andale. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. It didn't didn't work out for me. Yeah, <laughs> I pronounced it just about like you did. Here's a Marvin the Martian one. Remember him? I liked his stuff. Uh, Don
0: Priestley is the name of that guy, by the way. Thank
1: you. What did you say his name was? Paul Richards. My God. where did you get that? I don't know. Name's pop in my head. Paul Richards? (laughs) That's not close to Don Priestley. It's like Vincent Price. They're all the same. What? (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) You're an idiot. Anyway, check out Frodo. This is the third of four for his Looney Tunes uh, retrospective. And I'll give him credit. He's hanging in there, hanging tough. But Frodo is a, is a pro. You'll enjoy your time with the frodo uh, I think that's all we've got video-wise. Now, I will say, uh, I want to talk about my find this week, Bo, just for a split second, because th- this was cool. And I and might as well talk about it now before we actually release the video. So, uh, you know, I go shopping occasionally on lunch, mm-hmm. as you know. And... Uh, I was I went to my usual haunts the other day and lo and behold, in one of these uh, uh, places there's a, the magazine rack, right? And I'm looking through the rack and here comes a magazine and it's a it's a gaming magazine from 1982, the very first premiere issue of electronic fun with computers and games. It's the first debut episode. and the only reason I knew about that magazine is from this show, because they'll occasionally pop up with a review mm-hmm. that we talk about, and I picked it up. It's a pretty penny, and I thought to my, I told, I thought to myself, I said, you know, I've got this magazine. I paid a lot of money for this thing. I'm going to get some use out of this thing, and so I'm going to be doing what I guess you would call a read along, uh, releasing a video next week of flipping through this thing. And I will tell you, there were things in here I never knew about. Including, they, they talk about the Timex Sinclair, they call it the $100 computer. It's an article about the Timex Sinclair coming to America. There's also an article about how great the ZX Spectrum is. They mention that. But they also talk about two consoles I'd never heard of in my whole life. The UltraVision, mm. which ultimately ended up being vaporware, which All I right. get into. And, and I've never heard of this, maybe you have, maybe they have, a computer called the Commodore Max. Never heard. Have of you it. ever heard of that? Well, that's because it was only released in Japan. Okay. But apparently, when this magazine was released, uh, this was going to be the next big thing. Mm. It's a Commodore sixty four, except they should have called it like a Commodore two. It's got two K. Oh wow! It sits really between. All out. It sits somewhere between the Comm- the VIC
0: and the C sixty four. I'm sure all the people over there with the MSX were real thrilled when that right. thing
1: dropped on the shores. Well, the MSX actually plays a part in the other computer. so this was a fascinating read. I will say I learned a lot by this book. And like I told Boat, it's a 40-year-old gaming magazine. So if that sounds interesting to you, check out the channel this week. I think I'll be putting that up on Tuesday. Uh, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be something I think you might be interested in. I thought I'd mention it. I also, sadly, want to mention that I also went to the Hillbilly Flea Market today, devoid of everything. It was a disaster zone in there. Really? It was very sad. You think they're closing down? No, God, no. But, I mean, it's just... It's a sad state of affairs. The, the COVID has hit the hillbillies badly. Mm. And the merchandise just ain't there, Boat. Mm. So I won't be going back for a long time. I'm, I'm sorry sure to say. Yeah. Maybe
0: you can pick up your treasure hunt expeditions again. Well, uh, no. No? No, I'm not doing that. That ship has sailed, huh? Yeah, it's over. It's over, man. All right. Well, I'll tell you what's not over this show. we <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wow. We're really chugging <laughs> along with that line.
0: So, we can't end the show without thanking all of the awesome, awesome people that uh, that make this show happen, all of our supporters, Twitch subscribers. If you like watching the show live, maybe you might want to support us on Twitch by subscribing like these fine folks: Blow Jellyfish, Thorso Bard, HSEI Ken, Wide World of Retro, OROM, The Mr. Chip, Blue Train, Pixel Rageous, Gary Heather. Salem OK 2, Lord Soup, Stormy, 7971, Stormy, oh, Macintosh wow. Librarian, Jigglebox, Back to 8-Bit with Hermski, Barkbit, John Marshall 3, Great Al G, Scumboy, Beachbum 7, Canadian Retro Things, Mitsuyama, NegSol, Pints and Amiga, Explorer Luminate 08, Yeet Sweats, Buck Owens, Twilight Zoner, Frodo and L, Kronosnet, Jason Warns 48K Ram. Eeyore, 4077 RetroRewind.ca Uber Scuba Diver, Jost80, Real Retro Dude, Still Adolescent, Tech Girl, Dave Velociraptor. Thanks again, Dave 8 and Aaron. Dave is guest hosting this week on This Week in Retro. Oh, very wow. Him and Neil are gonna mix it up a little bit. That's so, Dandy. Yeah, tune in. Uh Dah, Crabs, MTG, the Amiga Show, Amiga Live, and of course, Grizzla. You know, you reminded me when you mentioned that.
1: I Want to spend this uh, send out a special uh, get well soon amigos love message to our buddies over at the Retro Hour. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Dan and uh, Joe have both contracted COVID over there, oh. and so they they did this. They did the show. Mm-hmm. We wish you well. Get well soon, fellas. Uh, we love that. We love that. Of course, Rabbi, stay clean, brother. Yes.
0: All right, Aaron. So last week. You mentioned that you knew the
1: Patreon song. I did. I
0: don't okay. remember what it
1: was though. Okay, <laughs>
0: but well, I didn't know it. It was never there. Yeah. By Cake. Yeah.
1: They uh, had a couple. They had there were that was an unusual band yeah. with a unique sound. Yeah. And they did a bunch of unique songs. Yeah. And I'm and it's their songs. You hear them once, and you're you're good to go for a while, right? But it's okay if you hear them again, like in a month. I am with you 100 yeah. percent
0: on your assessment of Cake.
1: Um, also, so, I love cake,
0: the food. Not a, not a huge, I, I'm more of a pie guy. Um, unfortunately, you were the only one, Aaron, that got the answer. Really? Nobody else got it. So yeah, um, I,
1: I wonder, if, I'm guessing that's the kind of band that might not travel well. Maybe not. Maybe not.
0: So we're going to try her again. I was hoping to have, uh, the good news, Aaron, is that after this week, we're going to, we got a couple uh, full band videos in the pipeline. Oh yeah? So uh, stay tuned for those. But this week,
1: once again, I'm doing it alone. Oh, so this is the bad part, of me. <laughs> when I, when we're doing this remotely, I just shut the I shut the headphones off. <laughs> so
0: uh, if you know the answer to this week's Amiga Song Challenge, send me an email at john at Let me get myself situated. Okay, I am ready. Go. Okay. Um, so here we go. Along RSN eight 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 seven. Albert Kemp, we like what we like, Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V. Wanderley, Chesum, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram okay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew, Mobius, The Phantom Magnus, yeah, they, it's Alice Duffin Christian Russell, David Z, George Rosanski, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, <laughs> Super King, Crazy Crazy Loomis, William Ventuscar, Heavy Systems Inc. Bundy Frag, Lord Mark by Linda, Olaf Hope. Hermski Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowboy Boy Denson, Daniel Williams, Lucason, Bomba Bass, Frodo Wendel, Soul Incisor, Tech Majin, Mr. Cola Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zoe Globe. Reflections, Simon, Ledge, Captain, Crispy, Box and Caffeine, Gary, Heather, Free Lunch, Kate, Fox, pick Pickford, Cameron, Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Manate, a 10-minute, a meager retrocast, Bernard Quinn, our MC, Tim, Drew, Joseph, Harrison, Kyle, Edda, Rob, Aware of Matthew, there more. Andy Craig, Sean Zobar, Barbic, Berlin Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellan, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Levelo, John Marshall, Matthew Perrin, Ricky DeRosha, creepy, dead Boy, figure, <laughs> seat to the sonorus, Stefan Sorgan, Mortensen, Edvin Helen. Christopher Hassel, Chris Foles Laura Lauren Zuru, Francese, Graham Vebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huck, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tips from the Crypt, Josh Nat, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, T.H.E., Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humbertstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal, Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warnes, Pixels at Dawn, and Kyo
1: Bjorn Bar. I just want to say two things. That was horrible, but it was brave. Thank you. And I approve of your I am bravery. both of those things. Yeah. Except, oh, well, I'm, just, I'm, just, really, I'm one of those things,
0: let's yeah. be honest.
1: I will give you credit for at least thinking outside the box on that one, Boat.
0: All right. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us, Aaron. Next week, it's oh, here, time for the big
1: reveal. Here we go. We're backwards. <laughs>
0: there it is. Mickey Boom. Nikki Boom. <laughs> so, we want to thank the Amigos Game Selection Committee for selecting Capone for us this week. It's good to dip our toe into the light gun scene every once in a while. No.
1: No. It's not good. Okay. It's bad to dip your toe in that <laughs> scene. Bad scene.
0: Well, Nikki Boom was nominated for the Amigos Game Selection Committee by the Thunder from Down Under himself, Graham W. Bebke. So, we look forward to playing Nikki Boom and reporting back this Friday Be here and watch us live on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Check us out on YouTube on the Amigos Retro Gaming channel or on your podcatcher of choice. Aaron, it's time to take this thing to the house. Yeah. We'll see you next time, everybody. Until then,
1: Adios. adios.